chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. Ben, lead us in prayer. Amen. I'm going to pick back up in verse 10. And Peter continues to expose false preachers. That's what he does here. It would be nice if all our preaching and messages were of the promises of God and just uplifting, but we need warnings too, don't we? We need to be warned of these, these men, these false preachers and teachers that come along and, and they, they arise, many of them will arise out of the church. They're always mingled in with God's people. And I've seen it over the years. I've seen it. I've seen men come and, and uh, profess to believe the gospel and say that God's called them to preach and then their message takes a different turn after a while. But they'll always be. They'll always be. Now, Peter had been speaking here of judgment. He said there in verse 4, God spared not the angels that fell. He spared not the old world. In verse 5, he turned those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into, uh, into ashes. But he delivered, he delivered just lot. He knows how to deliver his people out of out of these troubles and and out of judgment he knows how he says in verse 9 the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation temptations plural many and reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished but chiefly he's going to zero in on these these false prophets but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now it's evident that these false preachers deny the true gospel. They claim to preach the gospel, but they deny the gospel of God's glory, the gospel of redemption. They deny it. They deny it through their preaching, another gospel. That's how they deny it. They preach another gospel. And Peter identifies these, these, uh, these men. 
And the first thing he says here is they walk after the flesh. You know, walking denotes a way of life. This is their way of life. They walk after the flesh. I thought of Romans chapter one, chapter 8 in verse 1 there. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't stop there though, does it? He identifies the one he's talking about who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. These, Peter says, they walk after the nature of flesh. That's how they walk. They do not walk after the Spirit of God, but after the nature of the flesh. That's their way of life. They spend their life and their ministry giving attention to their flesh. Now, what does he mean? flesh they walk after the flesh well we have appetites don't we the flesh has appetites you know the spirit those who are born of the spirit are spirit it has an appetite too the appetite of the spirit is the bread of life the water of life the lord jesus christ we have an appetite for christ he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life we have a real interest in the Lord Jesus Christ. We really do. These have a real interest in the appetites of the flesh, in the lust of the flesh, and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know, when we speak of lust, it's not always sexual. A lot of times it can be lustful material for gain. It can be lust for power. It can be lust for recognition. You want to be recognized. It's a lot of different things. But all of it, all of it, it falls under flesh. They walk after the lusts of the flesh. They give attention to the flesh. It's more concerned with the appetites of this flesh than their souls. They're not interested in their souls, not really. They, they're all fixed up. They're all fixed up. They have nothing to worry about. Now let's just go fulfill the lust of their flesh. If you turn on, and it's been a long time, it's been a long time since I have watched any evangelical preaching on television. He's televangelist. I, it's been a long time. I can't stomach it anymore. But what do they emphasize? What do they emphasize? Healing. It isn't, you turn, turn them on, isn't most of it the emphasis on healing? People want to be healed, their bodies. They want to, you know, they want their bodies to be healed. Well, that's, you know, it's good to have a sound body. It's good. I won't deny that. But it's far greater to have a sound mind and soul. My spiritual well-being is infinitely greater than my physical well-being. That's what's greater. But they put the emphasis on healing the body. And then, secondly, they, they emphasize this, entertainment. They entertain the crowd. You know, Pentecostalism, just to, just to pick one out, it's full of entertainment. It's excitement of the flesh. They just get you excited, and it's all revved up, and God's not in that. God's not in that. This is why you see all these uh, so-called churches building these gymnasiums. Well, we want to just give our young people something to do to keep them off the streets. Give them the gospel and leave them in God's hands. 
given the gospel and leave them in the Lord's hands. Don't, now, and I say this with, I say this with understanding and I know you understand this. Don't you, and I know other people hear this. There was almost 1,400 downloads last month. So I know that just, not just you are listening to what I'm saying. There's a lot of people, uh, a lot of other people that listen to what's being said. And I'm going to say this. Don't you try to get them saved. Sit them under the gospel and pray for them. And trust that the Lord will save them just like he did you. And if he doesn't, we bow to his sovereign will, don't we? We bow to it. We bow to the sovereign will of God. But they, they walk after the flesh. They, their, their, uh, their ministry, the emphasis of it is on healing. It's on entertainment. It's on, it's on having, having going to church fun. <laughs> all, these, all these things, activities, they keep, they keep people busy. That's why I told you here in a message, I think it was Thursday. One of Satan's great tools is to keep us busy, 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 busy. You don't have time to sit down and think and meditate on what you just heard, the Word of God. And they despise dominion. They despise authority. They despise, now here's what they despise, God's authority. You know, if, uh, if there's a just authority set up, and to despise that is to despise God's authority. God set it up. God set up government. And I know it gets corrupt, but God, it's God's authority. And But they despise authority. What was it the Jew said to, I think it was Pilate, we will not have this man to reign over us. We naturally do not like anyone to tell us what to do. And it comes at an early age. I know. I know by experience. We will not have this man to reign over us. And here's something else they promote. Free will. Man's free will. I went to Clayton, North Carolina here a couple days ago. I passed two so-called church buildings. And, and it was Free Will Baptist. I thought, you're going to be blatant. Yeah, I guess if you're, going to, if you're going to be that way, you might as well be blatant about it. But it's free will Baptist. Man's will's not free. It's under the dominion of his corrupt nature. Nature dictates what we do. The nature we have dictates. It'll 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 dictate what you and I do. And they do not, they are enemies, and they do not believe in the absolute sovereignty and authority of Jesus Christ. He's the sovereign Christ. Jesus Christ is the sovereign Christ, is he? He's not this Jesus that wants to do something if you'll let him. He's the sovereign Christ who does as he will with whom he will. No man knows the Father save the Son, and he to, whom, to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. To whomsoever the Son will reveal him. He's sovereign. But I tell you something else that's dangerous in the preaching of these false preachers. It's not only what they're saying, 
It's what they're not saying. It's what they're not saying. The truth. They're not saying the truth about God, Christ, ourselves, and salvation. They're not saying the truth. And that's just dangerous. These men refuse to preach the absolute sovereignty of God and salvation, the absolute lordship of Jesus Christ. It's always accept him as your savior, your personal savior, your personal savior. How about Lord? You know, it comes in this order. He is Lord and Christ. He is Lord and Savior. In that order. In that order. If you hear someone preaching all the time about him being the Savior, the Savior, the Savior, and they leave out his Lordship and his authority and who he is, you, you better turn and leave that place. Christ is not in that. Because I'm telling you the truth. His lordship comes first. No sinner is saved that does not first, first bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. I know this by experience. I know that when the Lord gave me a real understanding of the gospel, and the gospel came to me in power, the first thing I feared was the sovereignty, not the sovereignty of God, God who is sovereign, <laughs> I knew he didn't have to save me. I'm telling you this. That's, it. that's when you will worship God. A.W. Pink said, you, no one will worship God until they worship him at his sovereign throne. They've refused to preach the lordship of Christ. Henry made this observation I thought was good. And they never, he says here, they never emphasize the authority of the man in the home and the church. If they leave that line, they tear that page out. They'd lose half the crowd. They would. They never preach or rarely preach the, local, the authority of the local church. They're always in an in a, uh, association or something. You know, it's an association of churches. An association of churches makes the decisions. And they send this pastor here, this one there, this. They leave the, the, they leave the will of God, the sovereignty of God out of it. You know, there was an association of churches, a committee didn't send me here. God did. God did. He, he made you to recognize it and made me to recognize it, and we came together. It was God who did this, not an association somewhere. God God did it, but they, they, uh, they, they ignore that. And he says here they are presumptuous. That word means daring. They're very daring. And you know what they're very daring about? Speaking against the things of God. Speaking against God. They're very bold to do that. They are. They're very, very flippant. Very flippant in the way they use the name of God. In the way they use the word of God. They're very flippant in the way they use it. There's no reverence for God. No, no fear of God. You know, we, well, there's a real fear of God. There's a real carefulness in the way you use God's name. And the way you talk. When you talk about God, Christ, the word of God, there's a real reverence there. You don't just flippantly say things. They have no reverence for God. 
And they are, they, and Peter puts it right here, they are self-willed. Well, I'd like to go and uh, just those two places I passed, I'd like to tell their pastor, would you, here's the correct way to put that, self-willed Baptist church. It's not free-willed, it's self-willed. If you want to be honest, if you want to be scripturally right, put self-willed up there instead of free will, because that's what they are, self-willed. They ignore the will of God. They ignore the will of God in salvation and concerning Jesus Christ, and they ignore the will of God in the life of a believer. They, they're self-willed. And here's what they do when they're self-willed. They promote themselves. If you are self-willed, here's how you tell someone is self-willed. They promote themselves. They do. They promote themselves. And they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. They're not afraid to speak evil of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe it was Rolf Barnard. I heard Henry say this. I believe it was. After he preached a message, a woman came up to him and said, you're God's a devil. Barnard says, you better get ready to meet a devil then. <laughs> but you're God's a devil. Not afraid to speak evil of dignities. There's no greater dignities than God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they're not afraid to speak evil of them. When they deny that Jesus Christ actually redeemed the people, that's speaking evil of them. They're not afraid of that. They'll, let, they'll, they'll speak of, of Christ so flippantly. They don't call him Christ. They don't call him Lord. They call him Jesus all the time. He's always Jesus. He's never Lord Jesus. They address him all the time as Jesus, as if he were just their, their uh, men. Jesus got a good thing going. What's that commercial? Jesus gets us. It's not the Lord. They're so flippant about, the, about, about Christ as a man. Just this buddy-buddy thing. He's our Lord. He's our Lord. He is a friend of sinners. But he's, our, he's the one who created us. All things were created by him and for him. There's this, we have a holy reverence of him. But they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. If you let a person talk long enough, and I learned this some time ago, if you let a person talk long enough, you'll find out who they are. When they just start using that name so loosely and so flippantly, they don't know him. They don't know him. And he says here, and he, and he brings the angels the angels that, uh, the elect angels that have not fallen. The elect angels who have, who have authority and power that's far greater than you and I can imagine. Some of them have, have authority over kingdoms on this earth. But whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them, against who's them? Against the fallen angels. They don't even bring railing accusation against those that fail. Because I tell you why. They know. Michael, Gabriel, they know 
If the Lord hadn't chosen them, they'd be right there with them. They know that. This is not something they don't know. They know that if God Almighty had not chosen them to keep their first estate, they would be right there with Satan and the rest of them that fell. They know that. But in knowing that, they don't bring a railing accusation, a charge against those that fail. Don't you know better? <laughs> don't you know better? They fear. They have a real awe and fear and understanding that God chose them to, to not fall. God didn't let them fall. He's not going to let it. You know, all that God created, He has done so on purpose and for a purpose. And everything he's created, there's not, it's not like it's all a failure. No, even in the angelic host, there's an elect angels. And among the sons of Adam, there's an elect race. There's an elect people of God. If not, all of it would be gone. It'd all be gone. And I am not going to try to explain in detail why God has done what he's done. Only God knows that. I know, I know that what God does is right. I know that. He, what he does is right. I can't comprehend right. Not that level. I can't do it, but I, can, I tell you this, I can just trust the one who's doing it. I can trust him. But these, he says in verse 12, these as natural brute beasts, that's what they're like. They are like natural brute beasts, stupid, ignorant of God. They are ignorant of God. They're, they're religious, and they have an idea of God, and they have fashioned this idea of God in their minds, and that's who they worship. If we do not worship the God of this Bible, we do not worship God. We can't just, we can't just say, well, I don't believe God's like that. Well, take me to the Word of God and prove it. Show me by the word of God that, God that God is like what he's like or what he's not like. But not this is how I think he is and that's the way it is. <laughs> you know, we, we see like a blind man. And we hear like a deaf man until God saves us. And the seeing eye and the hearing ear, the scripture says, is of God. It's of God. And these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. What? You know, he said natural brute beasts are made to be taken, killed, and consumed. Isn't that what we do with animals? God's going to destroy these people someday. That's what he's saying. God's going to bring judgment on them. And he gave us examples of God's judgment earlier in the chapter. And he says here in Second Peter here in uh, 13, 14. And they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. The wages of unrighteousness. You know, the scripture says the wages of sin is death. Now, if you want to talk about work, salvation, God will pay up. It's called death. That's the wages of it. And, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot. That, you know, that word riot here mean, has the meaning of, of delicacy. It has the meaning of luxurious. It's not riot like you and I think out in the street. It's actually living luxuriously. 
That's what it is. You see, they count it pleasure to live luxuriously in the daytime. Right now, right now, it's daytime. The end of the world hasn't come. Judgment hasn't come. It's daytime. It's daytime. And he says here, they are spots. Spots they are and blemishes in your love feast. They're you know, you get a spot on your coat or something like that, and you try to get it off and just you can't get it off. They're spots and they're blemishes is what they are among you, among God's people. Sporting themselves, and that word is reveling, enjoying, rolling, reveling themselves with, with their own deceivings. You know, a person can actually tell a lie long enough that they actually believe it. They can. They can tell a lie long enough. They actually come to believe the lie. But it's not so. You know, a lie is a lie and truth is a truth. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast, <laughs> while they partake of your love feast. You know, that's what this is around the gospel. When the gospel's preached and God's people come together, this is a love feast, isn't it? We love the one being preached, the bread of life. If you're really a child of God, you're feasting on the bread of life. You're drinking the living water. You, you're really doing it. Spiritually, you're really doing it. But they're going to get their reward, he says here. Their interest is in living luxuriously comfortably but the night cometh doom is coming judgment's coming these people claim to be in the body of Christ they claim the name of Christ they claim fellowship with the believers but they're he says they're just spots in your feast that's all they are which have forsaken the right way they have forsaken the only way Christ said I'm the way I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They have forsaken that. They've forsaken it. And they've gone astray. They've gone out of, out of the way. They've taken a, <clears throat> they've taken a, for, they've taken a, a, a curve. <laughs> you know, they're going down the road with you and all, and then they just can't go that way. You know, they just can't go that way with you. Can't do it. And here's why they can't do it. They're, they're of the same spirit as Balaam. See, it says, following the way of Balaam, which was the way of, of unrighteousness, it was the way of, of uh, being paid <laughs> wages. Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosur, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. If you go back in Numbers 22, you can read the story of Balaam. And he entertained these, these men. You know, when they came to him, they wanted him to curse Israel. As a prophet, as, as a prophet, who he claimed to be a prophet, but as a prophet, he should have said, no, what are you talking about? Get out of here. But it was like, uh, well, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's see how much money. Let's see. Let's see. You know, he tried to figure out a way to do it. Twice. Twice he was he he uh, he went and he prayed, 
And uh, he was he was trying to figure out a way to curse Israel and get paid and be made rich off these guys by doing so. God wouldn't let him do it. He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. But God wouldn't let him do it. And he says these these they're just like him. They're 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 basically his children. They're of the same spirit. In verse 16, but, but Balaam was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. And these people are mad too. They're mad with greed. They're mad with materialism. They have forsaken the right way. And I tell you what, when, when, a, when a man or woman especially one who stands in the pulpit, when they forsake the right way, they will go any other way, but they will remain religious. They, won't, don't, they don't become atheists. They don't become atheists. They remain religious, and usually they become more religious, and they have more religious show about it. You know, They become more vocal about it. As Henry said one time, he said, the less one has on the inside, the more they have to show on the outside. That's when they start wearing all these religious trinkets and, and these, these shirts that has all these sayings on it. and anything that, that, anything that will make them appear religious. How about a meek and quiet spirit? How about that? That's the best, that's the best, evidence one of the best evidence that you can have as a believer a meek and quiet spirit love of the brethren faith and hope in jesus christ alone that's the best evidence these are wells without water they're empty oh you know a well you know you say or take a thirsty person they see this well they see this beautiful well it's nice dressed well and they're looking for water you know man by nature religious he's looking for something he's looking for something to satisfy that craving that he has that he doesn't know what it is he, he lost god in the garden he lost the way the truth and the life in the garden and he's looking for something to fill that void that's what he's looking for and he sees this well this this evangelist, and this evangelist promises him all kinds of things. Health, wealth, happiness. That's not what true salvation is about. It's about forgiveness of sins. It's about being made one with God. And, and our true joy and our true happiness is in the Lord. But he promises them these things, and they fall for it. They fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. And they find out they're just as empty as ever. That well is empty. There's no spiritual truth in that well. There's no spiritual hope coming out of that well. It's empty. It's just a hole in the ground, dark hole in the ground. That's where wells are, in the ground, in the earth. There are wells without water. There are clouds carried with the wind. You know, you see, a, it's been dry. We need rain. Here comes a cloud. Here comes a hope of rain. And all of a sudden, you know, the wind just blows it right on over. No blessing out of it. No spiritual blessing out of it. No lasting blessing out of it whatsoever. It's just a cloud. 
You know, I have flown several times. Some of you all have, and you've flown through the clouds. You know, I don't want to fly through a mountain. <laughs> That's solid. That's uh, you don't want to be hitting a mountain with a cloud with a plane, but you can fly through a cloud all day. It has no substance. Not not solid like a mountain. You can fly through it all day, and that's the way these men are. They're empty. They're empty. They're, he says here, they're, they are wells that water clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved for. It's what judgment's waiting on them, waiting on them. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity. You know what great swelling words of vanity are? Well, first of all, it's a multitude of words he's speaking here. They're just, they're very wordy, very wordy. But a great swelling words are words with no substance. They cannot be backed up by the word of God. Can't be. Words of no substance. And they allure through the lust of the flesh. They know you. <laughs> they, they work on your flesh. They, the people they preach to, they work on their flesh. They work on their appetites. You know, you put a chocolate cake out in front of me and I'm in trouble. I'm telling you, I'm in trouble. I have an appetite for that chocolate cake. And they put all this, they just put a buffet of religious promises out there that has no substance to it. And the people fall for it. They fall for it. They take advantage, now listen, they take advantage of the ignorance of the people they're preaching to, the spiritual ignorance. They take advantage of it. And they know it. They know it. While they promise, they're looking 19, verse 19, while they promise them liberty, <laughs> They themselves are the servants of their own corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. He's brought in bondage. They use flattering words. They promise liberty. But they themselves are in bondage. And listen, they make the people they preach to in bondage. They don't give them liberty. They give them bondage. You know what? Here's something else they make them. And I'm going to wind this down. Here's something else they make them. They get a profession out of them. They make them twofold the children of hell. They now have a false refuge. They have a false re refuge built on self-righteousness, built on words that have no substance, no biblical background. You're better off to have zero refuge than to have a false one. It's hard to get somebody to listen to you who has a false refuge. They won't listen to you. They won't listen to you. And I close here in verse 20 through 22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that is, they made a profession, they heard, they heard of him, and they, they uh, made a profession, empty profession, they are entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse than, with them than the beginning. It's better not to know the truth than to know it and turn away from it. And it's better, listen, it's better not to know the truth than to make a profession that you know it and then leave it. That would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness and after they've known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened. It's happened sooner or later. It's happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. That's awful. <laughs> I've seen that. I, you just got to turn around. It's like, that is so sick. 
but they do it. That's, that's a sick comparison. It's a, it's a gross comparison, but it's a true comparison. And the sow that was washed, she goes back to her wallowing in the mire because that's its nature. It's going to go back to what it is. It has to. But they don't, like I said, they don't quit being religious. They stay religious. They got to have that hope somehow, even if it's a false hope. But they leave the true gospel. They leave the true gospel. Because there's no, there's no, there's no getting rich in the gospel, in the true gospel. There's no getting rich. And that's not what we're after. We're after the truth. We're after Christ. All right. 